AMA 50 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. I'm Gary Duncan. This is the Midday Moments program. And right now it's time for us to have our Moment on the Lighter Side segment. And I'm a little sad today, I must say. You know, we only have this week and next week to finish up with our guest, Dr. Luke. And we're coming to the end of the year of Luke. And I understand, Dr. Luke, that uh, you'd like to conclude our interview by giving us a summary of your gospel. Indeed, I would, Mr. Duncan. Uh, This week and next, I'd like to do what you radio people call out. Wrap up <laughs> uh, this week. I'd, I'd like to tell you why I wrote my gospel, and uh, next week I'll tell you some of the key themes of my gospel. So, why did you write your gospel, Doctor Luke? Well, you go ahead read there the first verses of my writing, and it will all become clear. Okay. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theopolis. That you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Now, now the key word there is certainty. Certainty. Uh, The reason I wrote is so that my dear friend Theophilus and, well, all the people throughout history who would read my book could have certainty. uh, That they would know the story of Jesus Christ was the truth. Well, If that's so, Dr. Luke, we need your gospel more than ever in my day and age. There is atheists like Richard Dawkins and Stephen Hawking who are writing popular books purporting the Bible to be nothing but stories. And sad to say, but there are even biblical scholars who say the same thing, that the record of the scripture is nothing but a collection of myths. Well, it it might surprise you, but that problem existed even while the disciples were still alive. Uh, People were saying that this whole business of Jesus was just a cock and bull story, which is not a surprise, I suppose, uh, because the story of God sending his son to die for the sins of the world and then raising that son back from the dead. Well, it is a little hard to swallow, but that's exactly why I wrote my gospel so that people would know that it is the truth. How did you hope to convince people that this story is true? Well, uh, honestly, not that I or any man could convince people. That that work is reserved for the Holy Spirit. But that Spirit did inspire me to put down things so that he could give people faith. Oh, just like the Apostle John wrote, these things are written that you might believe and that by believing you might have life. Eat hoggies. That is it exactly. So the first thing I did to show the truth of Scripture was to remind people these stories were not myths made up hundreds of years later, but as I said, were the account of eyewitnesses. In fact, that's what you said in the verses I just read. Just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. And I make the same emphasis at the end of my gospel as well. I hope you don't get paper cuts too easy because you're going to be flipping a lot of pages. <laughs> oh, don't don't worry. I, I actually knew that, that I would be doing that today. So I uh, grabbed my uh, protective Bible reading gloves. So I've got those well, on. I'm good. ready to go. Good for you. Then turn to Luke 24, verse 48, and hear what Jesus himself says about his disciples. Okay, you 
are witnesses of these things, it says. And if I could put in a plug for my other book, if you like the Gospel of Luke, you'll love my book of Acts. And read what I wrote there in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Okay. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So what we have in the scripture is not some clearly devised myth, as our mutual friend Peter would say, but the accounts of men who saw these things with their very own eyes. And the record of men like me, historians, who talk to these eyewitnesses. Is there any other way you hope to show the truth of Jesus' words? Well, that, 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 that's a good question. Uh, now, now, having established that the words of Scripture are the words of Jesus still leaves us with another issue. Now, how do we know these words of Jesus are true? I hope to demonstrate that in two ways. Uh, first of all, by reminding my readers that Jesus' words were verified by the signs of God. Oh, so you're talking about the miracles Jesus did, right? Well, not only about the miracles he did, but the miracles that happened to him. I mean, if you think about it, his whole life is a life of miracles. His birth was a miracle, born of a virgin. At his baptism, the heavens miraculously opened. God spoke and the Spirit came down. And, of course, his whole ministry was filled with miracles. Uh, I read what Jesus says in Luke 7, verse 22. Okay. Wow, you know, these gloves are great. I just feel like I'm having a record day flipping pages today. You are. You're, are you still competing <laughs> yeah. in that whole Bible? Yeah. Good for you. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. So here's what it says. It says, and he answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. You know, Dr. Luke, your gospel is filled with my favorite miracle stories, the feeding of the 5,000, the calming of the storm, all signs which show that Jesus is no ordinary man. Still, the sad fact is, despite these miracles, most of the people at that time didn't believe in him. Which I suppose is why Jesus said, this generation is an evil generation. It seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. Uh, you know, the sign of Jonah, of course, is referring to Jesus' resurrection from the dead, just like the Jonah was there in the well for three days, which, of course, is the greatest miracle of all. But, Dr. Luke, even after the resurrection, many people still didn't believe. Why, even his own disciple, Thomas, didn't believe at first. And all of this is a reminder that, that signs in themselves uh, never gave anybody faith. But the Holy Spirit, he can take these signs and, and use them to encourage and strengthen those in which he has already worked faith. For the believers, uh, these do become the evidence of truth. Uh, but that brings uh, us to my third emphasis about the truth of Jesus' story. The fulfillment of prophecy. As I said in the beginning... I compiled a, quote, narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, end quote. You know, Dr. Luke, that was an Old Testament test of truth. If what a man said would happen did happen, then you knew he was a true prophet. So true. And it might surprise you, Mr. Duncan, 
but in my gospel, there are more Old Testament passages fulfilled than even in the gospel of Matthew, who himself was a devout Jew and a dedicated student of the OT. A gospel, by the way, that the church features next year in the year of Matthew. You know, there are so many Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in my gospel, there is no way we could even begin to list them. But for now, let me share with you a couple of my favorites. You got your gloves on there? Sure do. <laughs> well, start with the prophecy of John the Baptist in Luke 3, verse 4. Okay. And it was written in the words of Isaiah the prophet, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And then there's the prophecy of Jesus' ministry. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to Jesus. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And it's not just Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled. Why, it was prophecies during the days of Jesus as well. Well, there's the prophecy of the angel, the a virgin would be with child, uh, the prophet Simeon, whose eyes beheld the peace of God, but the best fulfilled prophecy of all was that spoken by Jesus himself. And which prophecy is that, Dr. Luke? I quote, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day, be raised. Oh, a prophecy that summarizes the whole truth and nothing but the truth of Jesus' life. <laughs> and that's why the Spirit inspired me to write my gospel, so that as Jesus once said, you might know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. You know, when we come back next week, Mr. Duncan, I'd like to share with you some of those truths that I emphasize throughout my gospel. Some have to do with day-to-day -day life. It's good to know these truths are the actual words of Jesus recorded by eyewitnesses. And I'm also going to share with you some truths about our future. It's good to know these truths are confirmed both by the miracles of God and the fulfillment of prophecy. Well, that's great. I look forward to next week. And again, I'm still kind of feeling sad, a little bit sorry that you have to leave uh, so soon because we've, we've been having really good conversations over these last several weeks. But Dr. Luke, I do again look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for being on the program. We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org.